Hope you will. Uh, hope the Lord will bless us this afternoon. And uh, some, sometimes, like uh, like usual, uh, Sister Sharon says, uh, my humor is sarcastic. Let's see. So, uh, I, you know, I don't know if the sermons will come out that way this afternoon or not. But uh, just telling you that I was thinking about some things uh, in the last uh, few days, and just you know, a lot of times, I think, I, I, I guess. A lot of people have the have the question like, you know, why am I here? And you know, maybe you're asking yourself this after, why am I here? Uh, but uh, you know, so at least maybe we can, if if God will bless a little while, we can answer some of those questions. You know, I think a lot of times we we do get kind of stop back and ponder. You know, about the, uh, you know, the big the big picture situation about who am I? What am I doing here? Uh, why am I at this place in the world and all this other kind of stuff that sometimes we ponder upon. And uh, I trust that... Uh, uh, so <clears throat> so the ultimate question of life and the universe uh, and so for, and everything, the answer is not 42. Uh, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, when we, when we ponder the great questions of the universe, of life and the universe and everything... As Douglas Adams said, uh, then the uh, the answer comes up something other than forty two. It actually comes up the answer is uh, actually three and one, and it's all about God. Uh, and the reason uh, for the universe is God. Uh, the reason for life is God, and the reason for everything, outside of I guess you'd say the evil that we work and the evil that Satan works. Uh, but the answer to everything somehow, kind of like the kind of like these. Uh, sermon we looked at last last week you know our all in all is jesus christ our all in all is god and so when we when we stop back and ponder some of those kind of things that you know why you know why are we here what is our what is our purpose uh well uh, we can find the answers to all this in god's word and uh so if we turn over this afternoon i'm going to use as a place to start and we'll answer maybe some of the simple questions first. Uh, let's turn to John chapter 1, and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. And Lord, uh, hopefully we'll bless this, this time that we have, uh, have together. But in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So for all those that have question today, sometimes people get into various discussions about, you know, did Christ come into existence uh, when he was born of a virgin in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago? And the answer is no. Uh, Christ was actually with God and was God from the very beginning. Whenever, the, uh, if there ever was, I guess he had no beginning and has no end. Uh, but he tells us here that he was in the beginning when they... When the things were beginning, when God was speaking this old world into existence, Jesus Christ was actually the creative word that went forth from God and created all these things. That's confirmed to us by the book Colossians and other places where these things are spoken of. And uh, he tells us that in the beginning was the Word, capital W-O-R-D, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So he was not only with God, he was God. And it says the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Uh, this would answer a lot of questions for people today. If uh, uh, Today, uh, I find it uh, much easier in my mind, and of course I'm, I'm thankful God has blessed me to believe in Him and to have a spiritual nature about me uh, as, as, 
as perfectly as he did it, yet as imperfectly as I use it. Maybe that's the way I should say that. Uh, uh, but uh, the, the fact that he's given me the ability to believe that uh, by faith, uh, I understand that the worlds were framed by the, wor- <clears throat> by the word of God. And uh, I'm thankful that I understand that and that I'm not sitting around wondering uh, where did life come from, how did life get here, uh, then, you know, and I think that, you know, when we think about the big pondering questions that we're talking about, because a lot of people, because they wonder where life came from, then they look at their, look at their lives and they wonder where life goes to, uh, and then they see only death out there in front of them. They have no bigger picture um, beyond this life. And so then they begin to live life while they're here, while they have, the, have this existence, they begin to live it like, uh, this is all there is, and you know, grab all you can, and do all you can, and hurt all you can, and do all you can during the time that they're here, because they have no big picture about a, a lot of things that are going on. And so, the Bible tells us very plainly, very clearly. And if and if I know you're here with me this afternoon, I'm looking at a at a heart and core crowd of people that are gathered together here. But when we think about the fact that uh, the fruit of the womb, as we mentioned even last weekend, the fruit of the womb is the gift of God. Uh, and it's the gift of the Lord. So children are a blessing that come from God. And so the very lives that we help raise up and train up and or nurture while they're here are God's gift to us. And so he tells us here in this, uh, the, this first chapter of John that all things were made by him. Without him was, was not anything. You know, not only does he say... Uh, all things were made by him. He goes on to make sure you get the, get the answer. And without him was not anything made that was made. Uh, all things were made by him, and there wasn't anything that was made that wasn't made by him. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Uh, life was in him. Uh, and we can find that if we turn back over to the very beginning. Uh, the, again, I, I, you know, I don't... <laughs> Uh, you know, keeping keeping in con- context, you know this this question that's out there before us. Uh, what is the ultimate question of life and of the uh, of the universe and of everything? Well, the answer is that it's all about God. Uh, and He tells us here that in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And so uh, He goes back. We go back over there to the scene in Genesis chapter one and chapter two, and God had created everything that was created. He tells us He created uh, the heavens and the earth, and the things that are in the earth, the animals and the plants, and the, the birds and the flying creatures. And finally, He comes along and He makes man. Uh, he forms him out of the dust of the earth, and then He takes man and He breathes into man. The breath of life. In him was life, and he gave life to men. And so we see that he is the, he is the origin of our lives. So we, when we're starting to talk about, well, what, why am I here? Well, it all goes back to sometime uh, five or 6,000 years ago, uh, 6,000 years ago, I guess now roughly. Uh, and, uh, and we go back and look at that. And God breathed into this old dust of the earth the breath of life, and he became a living soul. And then... He told he told that man, and then he then he took the man and made a woman because there was a, the, he looked at the man and saw that the man was alone and it wasn't good for the man to be alone. So he uh, took out of his side and made the made the one that became woman, and he told them to go forth and replenish the earth. 
uh, to go forth and multiply, to, to have children, to be fruitful. Uh, and, and they did. And, and, and we find, uh, again, when we look at the children that we have, we're, we're looking at a blessing from God, a gift from God, something to treasure from God, something to be uh, looked at as a, as a blessing. So many times today, uh, people have children and they don't look at it as a blessing. Uh, and that becomes, uh, there's a whole multitude of reasons for that I think we could go into and all some of our socioeconomical and various things and, and people uh, having children not according to God's plan. Uh, when I say not according to God's plan, uh, don't, there's no father, there's no mother, there's no, uh, uh, you know, there's not a father and mother together to help train up that child and work in a household. And so suddenly then it becomes a, a child becomes a burden instead of a blessing. And so there's all kinds of things that go on. But he, when we follow after God's plan for these things and, and we look and say, children are blessing, they're a gift from God. And uh, there's something that we can nurture and cherish. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm looking at my grandchildren here and I, I'm thinking about all the things that I get to see them do these days. Uh, you know, whether it's pictures of, of Lauren Allen posting pictures of, uh, of Oliver, you know, after they've gotten him bathed and gotten him dressed for bed and he decides... Well, you know, that bathtub with the water, it really looks appetizing. And so he decides, uh, even though he's dressed for bed, he'll just climb over back in the tub anyway because that looks good. And uh, so you see all these little things that they do, and you, and you say, you know, th- these children are such a blessing from God. And, uh, and we can let them, and, you know, mothers and dads and grandparents, we can let all, some of this stress us at times. But if we can take a deep breath and pull back and say, what a blessing from God uh, that these little smiling faces are and they don't always eat right and they don't always do right. And, uh, but, but that's why God gave them parents to try to help train them and raise them up and do all that. So, uh, again, the, the, uh, the ultimate question of, uh, of life and of the universe and everything goes back to God giving us life and blessing us with these little precious gifts uh, that we can that we can have here to help nurture and add uh, and give admonishment to and train up and uh, and yes they they while they're loving and caring and smiling and fretful and all that things our job is to help train them and that sometimes means we have to admonish them and correct them and train and discipline them and all those things that go with that but they're a blessing from their gift from God and so that ultimate answer that ult- that ultimate question about life and the universe and everything goes back to uh, God started this whole thing set it in order put the processes in place put the family unit together all to grow up and to train up and to uh, to be a, to, to to praise him. So uh, so what what is that? Okay, so now you got life and you got parents and children and all us you know together. So uh, you know and people always will. Well, what is my purpose here? I I want to know what my purpose here for life is. And so uh, we're going to turn over and uh, and maybe look at some places that uh, that tell us some of that. Uh, but let's, so we'll turn over to the book of Ephesians. Uh, because I think there's at least a place there that kind of uh, starts some of this, and maybe a couple of different places. But if we turn over to Ephesians chapter 1, we find uh, God did things on purpose, uh, and He purposed to do some things, and He did that. Uh, and then, then He tells us some things about uh, our purpose uh, uh, that, that we ought to be to His praise and, and to His glory. So if we turn over to Ephesians chapter 1, you know, uh, as, as, as old as it is and as many times as I've preached on it, sometimes you go back and you look at uh, certain chapters and you realize 
Or maybe I realize, but you know, maybe you realize too when you're looking at scriptures in the Bible, you may say, man, there's certain parts of this thing, it is power packed. I mean, you, I mean, uh, I was preaching some things while we were over in Kenya and I was and, and talking to the folks over there about how in, in, a, in Matthew chapter 5, the Bible says that Jesus Christ came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. And then you begin, then you turn over here to Ephesians chapter one, and you begin to look at how Christ fulfilled the law. I mean, not only did he did he come, and he was prophesied that he was going to come, uh, but he, he fulfilled the law in every little aspect. You know, he came. Uh, you know, Brother Adams been preaching a lot about loving our neighbor. Yeah, he loved his neighbor. Uh, he showed he loved his neighbor. Didn't matter if it was Jew or Gentile, a Samaritan lady, or the woman that uh, they supposedly brought to him that was caught in the act of adultery. He showed compassion, love, and charity, and those things. And at the same time, he showed his his justice and his perfect perfectness in, uh, in admonition just as he talked about this morning the way he admonished the Pharisees and uh, the way they tried to carry out things but were doing a poor job of it of trying to be the religious leaders of the day. And so uh, he had compassion on those that others looked down upon. Uh, I thought about that this morning as Brother Adam was talking. You know, that you think about the Pharisees and, and how they were. Their, their thing was they tended to look down on other people. Uh, we go to the we go to the Pharisee who prayed within him, prayed within himself. I thank thee, O God, that I'm not like that like other people. That I'm not like that publican over there. Uh, and so, uh, and the publican, on the other hand, uh, smotes his uh, head down upon his breast uh, and says, "Forgive me, Lord, a sinner." Uh, I'll tell you a great contrast in two different attitudes uh, of looking at things. Uh, uh, so we don't need to get into being Pharisaical and looking down other, on other people so much. That we uh, we act like we're high minded and uh, we know so much that uh, uh, other people don't know uh, that we become Pharisaical ourselves. Uh, uh, but just remain humble and poor and recognize we're sinners and that other people are sinners and we try to we're just sinners trying to walk through this old world and 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 uh, and trying to serve our Lord. But uh, he tells us here in Ephesians chapter one again what's our purpose. Uh, let's see what his purpose was and then see what he says our purpose in in return is along with that. He says that that here in Ephesians chapter 1 that he has chosen us uh, in verse 4, chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love that he predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace uh, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we in whom we have redemption through his blood. Now, if you want to talk about for just a moment uh, about uh, uh, fulfilling the law to a jot and to a tittle uh, uh, that he came to fulfill the law, everything that's talked about in the in the Old Testament law. Uh, of course, we could we could talk about the Ten Commandments type law, but I'm talking about the other portions of the law uh, that they were to keep. Uh, he was the fulfillment of those things. Uh, in that he was the uh, he was that Passover lamb that shed his 
blood uh, that he goes on to tell us here uh, in whom we have redemption through his blood. And if you don't understand what we have in the redemption, in redemption, if you don't understand what we have in the redemption of his blood, it gives us, it tells us there that it's the forgiveness of sins. Uh, so what everybody might be talking about so that uh, we understand how our sins are forgiven, our sins are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ who redeemed us and bought us and purchased us uh, back from that state and condition we were in, back to a place where we could be adopted into his family uh, uh, and uh, that, he, that he predestinated us unto. And he says, uh, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. I mean, uh, again and again and again, you're going to hear it hammered in here a little bit about that he, he redeemed us according to by his blood. He's made us accepted in the beloved uh, and that, he's, that he, we have the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In other words, it's not according to what you did, it wasn't according to what you confessed. Uh, and, that's, and that's not to belittle. Uh, I know sometimes, well, you know, you know, maybe I'm accused of this. I don't know, but I, I, I don't want to say, I hope I'm not accused of this, of saying that I'm not talking about us not doing anything. I'm just saying when it comes to our redemption, when it comes to our forgiveness of sins, Christ did it alone. Uh, it was him and his blood. Now, he commands us now, take up our cross and follow him uh, that he has uh, foreordained us to good works which we should walk in. And so we're to do those things. But when it comes to what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross, me and you weren't there to assist him and he accomplished it all by himself. And it was all to the praise of the glory of the grace of God the merciful one who was merciful to us. And he hath, abounded, he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. Now, <clears throat> as we look at this, and I thought about this, this morning, Brother Adam was talking about this because he mentioned, he mentioned this. Uh, part of the mystery of the will of God, which, which is unfolded for us in Ephesians and in Romans and in the and in that New Testament church there in the book of Acts is the fact God had a people among the Gentiles. It was never really told them that that's what. But God, it wasn't. It wasn't like God came up with some new plan. Okay. Oh, the Jews have rejected me. I've got to come up with a new plan. No, it was part of the mystery of His will from the very beginning that God had a people in every nation, kindred, tongue. And yes, that means the Gentiles. That means every color, every nationality, uh, uh, whatever it might be. And He made known this. Uh, he's having made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which he purposed totally within himself. Now, I know I'm adding the totally uh, in there. That's not, but, but it was purposed in him. He did it within himself because God, that's what God wanted to do according to, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and in earth, uh, or, or which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom we have obtained an inheritance... I mean, boy, I'm telling you, just keep, he just keeps going on and on, right? I mean, he predestinated us to be adopted. He redeemed us by his blood. He had this great mystery out there that he was going to reveal in the dispensation of the fullness of times uh, in, in whom we also have obtained an inheritance. Now, so we think about this, uh, this great, this ultimate question uh, about life 
and the universe and everything, uh, to which the answer is not 42. And he said, uh, uh, as, as, we, as we go down through here, he begins to say that in him, that he did all this within himself. He redeemed us. He adopted us. He uh, purchased us. Uh, uh, he, and because of him, so if you're wondering what we're doing now, he, he, we get, we'll get to that here in the next verse or so, uh, you know, what we're, what we're to be. But then he also tells us, you know, because everybody, you know, a lot of people have this question, well, where are we going? Well, you've got an inheritance. You've got an inheritance that's because of him. Uh, in whom we've obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. There's your purpose. That we're to be the, to the praise of His glory. And so when we think about, uh, when I think about me coming here and I think about some of the things, uh, and, and, and Brother Paul and I talked a lot while we were in Africa this time about uh, that as we're preaching and teaching and talking to these people that ultimately we want it to be all to be the glory of God. We just want it to be to the glory of God. Uh, when I come here and preach to you, I want it to be to the glory of God. I want God to get all the praise. Uh, you know, uh, the thank yous and, and Brother Charles, glad you mentioned that or what, you know, that and same I know for Brother Adam too. You know, that's all nice. But ultimately what I want you to see is Jesus Christ high and lifted up, the Savior, the one that we owe our lives to, the one that we're to adore. Uh, and so when we're thinking about that ultimate question, about life and the universe and everything that we see Jesus Christ as the answer. It's, it's, all about, it's all about Him. He spoke it into existence. He's the source of life. He's the, he's the purpose. He's our purpose for living. And it's all about His grace and His glory and His honor. And, and so then, we, then if we can take that on, then as Brother Adam was talking to us this morning, then we began to take our lives and say, what is my? What am I doing? What am? How am I living? Is it? Am I living to the glory of God? And and so then that gives us a a, a way of of matching and marking uh, our lives on a on a daily basis. You know whether it's our prayer life or it's our our family life. You know as as my am a fa- as a father and a grandfather and a pastor and uh, whatever other hats I want to put on, you know, for things I'm trying, and, and is what I'm doing, is it giving glory to God? Uh, am I doing it for me? Ooh, there's a good question. Am I doing it so that somebody says, brags on me and says something about me? Do I go around telling everything I do so that people say, well, boy, he's sure he's doing a good job. You know, why are we doing what we do? Uh, and are we doing it so that it's to the praise of the glory of his grace and so that ultimately he gets all the glory? And I, I, that's just a good question for us to ask ourselves when we think about this ultimate question. I hope that sticks in y'all's mind. Uh, uh, when we think about that ultimate question of, of about life and the universe and everything, am I doing it for the glory of God? And if I and if I am, then I'm then I'm going to be pretty much on track, uh, you know. And I, I know that's not to say that all of us aren't going to get off track <laughs> from time to time. If, if we're not, <clears throat> we're not, you know, we're not normal. If we're <laughs> we're we're not we're trying to put ourselves, you know, we we're not in Jesus Christ level, okay. And we're not, so we're going to miss that. We're going to miss the track from time to time. But you know, the the thing for us to do is to recognize when we miss the track. 
and for and for us to then uh, repent and be sorrow, at least somewhat sorrowful and say, you know what, <clears throat> I messed up again this time. <laughs> you know, Lord, forgive me. I got to get up and get going. I can't sit here and sorrow about this the rest of my life because I missed the track one day. I got to, what I got to do is try to steer back on track, get back on the road and get back to running again because I want to be running on the road that gives glory to God. And uh, no, it's not all about just attending church. I think uh, attending church is a good place for us to all start. Uh, but our, uh, ultimately, our church attendance should be so that we can give glory to God by our presence, by our worship, by learning more about Him, taking this yoke upon us and learn of me, uh, for I am meek and lowly in heart and so forth, uh, that we're learning how to be more like Him while we're here. <clears throat> and uh, realizing we've got a we've got a journey. We're on a journey. Uh, we're taking a journey. Uh, but ultimately, you know, it's 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 all about <clears throat> all about him. Uh, yes, uh, he's our first, our last, and our everything. So any uh, so in, in all that we do. So he t- he tells us here over and over again that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, and whom ye also trusted after ye heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also after ye believed ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So uh, believing does something good for us because it gives us a seal of assurance, I think, from God and the Holy Spirit uh, that, we're, that we're on the right track. Uh, and he says, goes on and tells us this, that in whom ye also trusted after ye heard the word of truth. Uh, so when, when we hear the word of truth proclaimed and we say, boom, that's it. That's that's what he was doing. It was about it was about him. It wasn't about me. Uh, it was about his glory and his honor, and about purchasing that bride uh, that's going to be with him. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I do believe there's pictures laid out there in the scripture a lot of times that we that when we draw back and and this is one of those pondering things I've had in the last number of years. You know, where you where you stop <clears throat> stop back and wonder you you look at the the story within the story sometimes that. Here's God. God creates this the whole universe, and uh, after He creates the whole universe and the heavens and the earth and all the plants and everything that's in it, He creates man from the dust of the earth and breathes in him the breath of life. He brings all the animals before Adam, and Adam names them all. And then the Bible tells us that uh, they didn't find anyone among all those for Adam. And so God says, "It's not good for the man to be alone." So he took from, from the side of Adam and made, it took one of the ribs and made the woman and brought her to the man. And then, then you get to thinking about all the language that we find in the scriptures about how, how uh, uh, God, uh, how the, the church, and I, I'm, when I say the church, I'm not talking about individual. I'm talking about the elect family of God uh, in this case, but how the church is the bride of Christ. And I thought... Is there a picture in a picture here somewhere of us saying that God, in all of his ultimate glory, you know, and while uh, he was complete, I mean, he wasn't absent anything, but maybe somewhere along the way, God saw that it wasn't good that he was alone. And so ultimately, part of this whole thing of creation was he created all this and man and the, and the elect family and all that because he wanted someone to shower his love on. Just like he saw that the man, it wasn't good for him to be alone. He says, man, I don't want to be. I, I've, I've lived this whole 
you know, whatever. I've, I've, I'm from ever to ever. I've never been without me. But, boy, I sure would like something to show my love to. And so he begins this whole creation process. <clears throat> and, it, and you know, so it's just something to ponder from time to time. You know, I kind of get this thing that, uh, you know. And, and so it wasn't, it wasn't destined to be a failure. It was always going to be a success. God is successful in, in what he does. So he says it, it, that ye trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom after ye believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So then again, you just it's pack, pack, pack that we have this seal of the Holy Spirit. When we believe we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise which is the earnest of our inheritance. So believing, somebody says, well, what does believing do for you? Believing gives you hope. Believing, believing gives you something to trust in. Believe, believing helps you know about your faith. Believing helps you know about the one that is the source of your life. Believing helps you understand this ultimate question of everything. And it, get, it seals you with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest, this Holy Spirit of promise, is the earnest of your inheritance until the time of the redemption of the purchased possession. I just love love those words. What is the purchased possession? Until the time when it's all finally wrapped up, body, soul, spirit, the entire purchased possession is changed into a glorified body and raised up to be with Him. Until that time, you've got the earnest of your inheritance, which is the seal of the Holy Spirit, which gives you assurance and knowledge and understanding of what God has done for you. I, I think that's, that's beautiful. And it helps, it helps lay out to me just further and further. Our purpose is to give Him glory. Our purpose is to give Him honor. Our purpose is to give Him praise. And then we can use that as a guide for all of our, day, all of our daily living. And this ultimate question that we have here, why am I here? How did I get here? Where do I fit into all this stuff? It begins to kind of come into focus. I'm here because God wanted me to be here. I'm here because God created this heavens and this earth. He created man in his own image. He breathed into him the breath of life. He gave the, he gave the fruit of the womb as the gift of the Lord, which I am obviously uh, the, the fruit of the womb of, and, and, and I'm, the, I'm the gift of God. And so the reason I'm here is because of him. Now, what am I going to do with what he's given me? And what am I going to do with the knowledge of what he's done for me? And ultimately, uh, our purpose is to pray, is to give him praise. And ultimately, uh, just like I love love that verse of scripture, but Adam probably knows this too. But uh, I love that scripture where he's talking about Jesus coming into the, uh, coming into Jerusalem. And they're saying, oh, tell those people to be quiet. And he says, if I told them to be quiet, the rocks would cry out. Hallelujah and Hosanna and praise to God. Uh, Our purpose is to cry out hallelujah, Hosanna and praise to God because he's going to get his praise. He's going to get it. uh, He may get it from the churches in Africa. I see that happening. Uh, And yes, they are different over there. 
They decorate different. Uh, as I told you all here a few weeks ago, uh, I'm, inc- I'm starting to encourage this at our local churches. Uh, uh, you enjoy the sermon. Uh, uh, you enjoy some comment that's made during the sermon. If you want to applaud, that's okay with me. I'll tell you, it stirs the preacher up. I'm just telling you, uh, it fires you up when you're over there preaching and all of a sudden people are listening to you and they're, and they're, sort of, Ooh, and they're, they're excited about it. Uh, and see, one of our problems is we don't get excited any longer. We get excited about a football game. But we don't get excited about hearing the Word of God proclaimed. And so uh, part of my mission, uh, uh, <clears throat> maybe it's, uh, well, no, it's not mission impossible because all things are possible with God. But uh, part of that mission here, <laughs> part of that mission, whether I decide to accept it or not, uh, uh, is, to get, is to get our people more excited about the Word of God and about worshiping God and about praising Him and about being here so that we, you know, yes, uh, there's a diversity of gifts and boy, I'm telling you, they're diverse over there and it's different over there, uh, but it's still the same people worshiping God and they're still worshiping Him and honoring Him and giving Him praise and giving Him honor and God is blessing them. And I, my desire is to once again see us blessed. Uh, like those people are being blessed. And I think it's possible, if I thought it was impossible, I would think God doesn't have power anymore, but he's still got the same power he's always had. And so uh, our trust and our hope needs to be in him. And in the meantime, during this week, when you think about what the ultimate question of your life is, the answer is not 42. May God bless you as our prayer.